I'm going to start with a quote from a really, really um, well-versed and well-read theologian. You may or may not know his name. He's really known for his smart comments. Um, he also starred in one of my favorite movies, Dumb and Dumber. Um, but the theologian Jim Carrey once said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they dreamed of so they, that they can see that it's not the answer. It's a pretty smart guy. It's a pretty smart guy. Dumb and Dumber right here. Lloyd Christmas just said that. I want you to think about for just a second, because I, I just find this fact like amazingly unbelievable. Do you know like how often I'm driving down the road and they are building a new storage unit place? Like this happens all the time, right? Oh, here's another place to store stuff. Here's another place to store stuff. It's like, are we ever going to get to a point in time where it's like, why do we have so much stuff? That we need so many storage units. That we will keep our stuff. We'll keep so much stuff that we're willing to pay money for someone just to store it in a garage. I mean, that, that, that's crazy, right? But we do it. And we do it all throughout this country. Tonight, we are continuing what we talked about last week. And we talked about last week was setting the foundation for what does it mean to count the cost to follow Jesus. And tonight, we're specifically going to look at what I just mentioned, which is money, possessions, anything this world can give you material-wise. All the stuff. All the wealth. There was a news article put out by the Wall Street Journal, and it said, Our world is fixated on praising excess. Think about this. Our world is fixated on praising excess. We are not the first society society to worship consumption. And we do continue the practice, though. Magazines overexpose the details of the rich and famous. We follow their social media accounts. We watch, at least when I was a kid, I used to watch the show Cribs just to see these amazing homes that these people lived in and to see the excess that they lived in, right? I mean, sure, like... Why do you have 20 bedrooms? It's like, I don't know, because I literally have so much money that I don't know what to do with it. News publications rank the greatest net worth. Maybe even look that up. Like, who's the richest person right now? And see, we know. Why, why does that matter? Okay, shh, 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 shh. Jeff Bezos will have his day some other time. Um, Reality television applauds the lifestyle of those who live in luxury. Even in our own lives, we do the same. We comment on the size of the houses in the neighborhood down the street. We point at the luxury car in the lane next to us. We envy fashionable clothes and designer handbags. We desire to live a life of those who seem to have it all. In our hearts and in our affections, we praise those who live with excess. What are those things right now that you have your eye set on? What are those things right now that you have your eye set on? Is it that clothing website that you continue to go back to and you're eyeing that clothing item? Is it that 
video game that's going to come out soon that you cannot wait until they release the new version? Is it that new sports gear that you're waiting to get? That new pair of shoes that you're waiting, you're, you just saw in the hallway someone else was wearing and your eye immediately went, I want that. We do that. We immediately have this impulse that comes over us when we see a website or a photo or in public and we see this and all we think is, I need that. You notice I use the word need. Right? We use this word because we want to convince ourselves that we need something. It's not true. But we think I need that. Go ahead and flip to Matthew 6. We're going to be in Matthew 6 along with a couple other passages tonight and try to unpack this idea of living in excess. But if you're called to follow Jesus, what are the costs to us when it comes to living in excess, to living with these things, these treasures here on earth? Matthew 6, we're starting in verse 19. All right, Matthew 6, verse 19 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Where's your heart tonight? Where is your treasure? Maybe we should ask that first. What's your treasure tonight? What's that thing your eyes fixed on tonight? Because I can bet you that your heart is there too. You know that cool car that a friend just got? It's going in a landfill one day. You know that new dress that you just bought? It's going to fade in color. It's going to get holes. It's probably going to end up in the trash. You know that awesome video game you just got? It's going to be outdated and forgotten in a couple years. Everything has an expiration date. Everything we own will be forgotten one day. All of the things that you spend time cleaning, taking care of, and upgrading will lose value one day. I remember getting my first car. Some of you remember this experience well, too, because you've already lived it and you're very close to this experience. But I still remember it to this day. We drove to the Toyota dealership. I had worked really hard. I had to pay for half of my car. So my car was $1,400, so I had worked for seven grand, and I was about to make the biggest transaction of my life. Sorry, 14000 sorry. Math is hard. Um, it was a black Toyota Tacoma. It was a 4x4. It was an extended cab. It had a little bit of a lift on it. It, had, it already had mud tire. Like, guys, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful, okay? I loved this car. 
I still remember driving it off the lot and driving it home. I felt so cool. I felt like a grown-up. I don't know if you have that same feeling when you got your first car. I love this car. That car is now in a landfill. I totaled it when someone T-boned me when I was in my early 20s. That car was in a landfill. I loved that car. I loved everything about that car. That car is in a landfill. Where is your treasure? There's someone who listed out seven reasons this guy's not a Christian, but this shows you how much people see this and get this, right? So he lists out seven reasons why we should stop praising excess. Let me read them for you. Excess is often arbitrary. Most of the time you have excess because of someone or someone else that you know, that you're family with, because you've been given that opportunity, you have excess. Excess is rarely the wisest use of our money, right? Most of us don't look back and go, you know what? I needed the $60,000 car. It was the best use of my money. Probably wasn't, right? But we convinced ourselves that it was at the moment. Excess adds stress and anxiety to our lives. Does anyone else feel this about the stuff they own, right? You start to get really anxious about it, right? Well, well, well what's the next thing? What, what do I need to buy next? What do I need to add to my wardrobe? What do I need to add to my collection? What, like, what's the next iPhone coming out? Do I need to get the new iPhone? Is it going to be? All these questions. Excess breeds anxiety in our lives and stress. Excess is harming the environment around us, right? I just talked about that we have so much stuff, it doesn't even fit in our homes. It's going in buildings that do nothing but just hold stuff. Excess causes us to praise the wrong things. Excess causes us to lose sight of the things we already have, right? Have y'all ever been here? You don't, it, you don't ever walk in your closet and go, I am so content with what I have. Sometimes you do, but how long does that last? You know, Easter's coming up. Guys might not feel this as much, but I know this is a thing for girls. What dress am I going to wear for Easter? I need a hold on, hold on. I need a new dress for Easter. And it's like, well, my closet has about 15 in there, but we lose sight of the things we already have. And last, excess is not the answer. Owning as much stuff as possible is not the answer. To abundant life. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Guys, we have to get this because here's what's at stake. Your heart is at stake. Your soul is at stake. 
Because as we're going to see in a little bit, you cannot follow Jesus and money. I'm not saying money's bad, and I'm not saying we can't have it and use it well. But as we're going to see in a little bit, you can't have two masters. It doesn't work that way. Your heart is at stake. I think a great example of this, that our hearts drive what we do, right? Our treasure is first seen, and then our heart drives our actions. Here's a great example that I was thinking about was when I was dating Tara, my treasure was her. Now, for most of our dating life, she lived in a different place than me. For about a year, she lived in Charleston, which is like five and a half, maybe six hours from here. And I can't tell you how many times I found a week, not a week, but a day, maybe two days where I was free and I could drive to Charleston to see her. And let me tell you, there was never a point in time when I was thinking about going to see her and thought, I need to make the disciplined choice here because we need some really good face-to-face. No. My heart was there. I was gone. That was where my treasure was. You see, discipline is easy when your heart is there. Where is your heart? Where are you investing? Are you investing in treasures on earth or treasures in heaven? I want to pause for a second here and ask the question, okay, Andrew, I get the treasures on earth thing, but what do you mean by investing in treasures in heaven? What is Jesus talking about here? How do we invest in treasures in heaven? Well, I want to point first to uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. It says this, so we do not lose heart, though our outward self is wasting away. Our inward self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient and fading, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So the first thing we know about treasures in heaven is that they are eternal they are not going anywhere. And what is that treasure in this passage? It's a weight of glory. You have a treasure in heaven. Glory in the presence of Christ. The transient versus the eternal. And then the second passage that talks about my treasure in heaven beyond just a weight of glory is Luke 12, 32 through 34. I love this passage. It says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Let me say that again. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What kingdom? His kingdom. What comes with the kingdom? Everything that the king gives. Everything that the king gives is part of. Of the thing that you get. That is your treasure. We lay up in heaven the treasures to which the king, Jesus, has given us to live in his kingdom. So this would be um, obviously salvation. But also I think about um, kindness and gentleness. 
self-control. You've heard of these before, right? Faithfulness. All these are treasures that we lay up in heaven as we find them in Jesus, who's our ultimate treasure. And he continues to say, provide yourselves with, uh, sorry, and he's, before that he says, sell your possessions. This is again in Luke 12, 32 to 34. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that you do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. There he says it again. What does it mean to store up treasures in heaven? It means to everything that I have, everything that I've been given first was a gift. And all of it should be used for the furthering of the kingdom. I give it all for my brothers and sisters in Christ and those who don't know him for the furthering of the kingdom. So if a need comes up, here's an example for y'all, because I know you're like, Andrew, I'm going to be honest. I have about $5 to my name right now. This doesn't really make sense to me. You all have something to give to the kingdom currently. Some of you, it's social status. God is calling you to give that up for the sake of another, to serve them because of the position and favor you've been given. Some of you, it's a place on your sports team that you've been given a voice to speak for the kid on your team that's been bullied. Further the kingdom. Sell what you have. Risk it all. Store up treasures in heaven, not treasures here on earth. Don't store up the treasure of your reputation here on earth. Are you investing in the eternal? We go back to Luke 6. We go um, right after your um, treasure is where your heart is. In verse 22, it says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So much of what we know and love enters through our eye. That's why I asked at the very beginning, where is your eye fixed right now? What's entering into my heart is where my eye is finding its place. Is it a friend? Is it a boyfriend or girlfriend? Is it a grade? What is it for you? Is it a sports accomplishment? Is it that hoping that your coach will say, I'm proud of you? What what is it? Where's your treasure? Is it a material thing? Is it a car? Is it a game? Is it a clothing thing? What is it for you? What is your eye fixed on? Envy starts in the eye. Our treasures are found by the eye first. Think about how you see things. Something happens in us when we see something and we want it. But we first have to see it. That's why he's talking about the eye here. So what happens when the eye is healthy? When the eye is healthy, as he says, your whole body will be full of light. When the eye is not healthy, your whole body will be full of darkness Through the eye is where your treasure and your heart ultimately are. 
And look, this is so interesting to me um, as, as I was looking at this passage. Verse 24 says, no one can serve two masters. Okay, I got that. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Now listen for a second. You can start to build contempt and despise and to think little of Jesus because of your devotion to money and things. I think that's what he's saying here in verse 24. He's saying you can't serve two masters because here's what's going to happen. If you choose to serve money and things and possessions, you can't serve Jesus. One will start to breed contempt for the other. If I start to chase after money, how am I to chase after Jesus? You can't. And what he's saying here is that as we do, we will either hate the one and love the other, be devoted to one and despise the other. If you start to feel that in yourself, that like pushing away from Jesus and starting to run to something else, this is what is taking place. When you run after other things in your life, you can't serve multiple things. You can only have one master. So when I start to run after, for me, let's say it's a vacation. When I start to run after like that specific vacation that I want to go on, and I start going like, I want to build it this way, and I want to look. That's all nice, but what is starting to happen in my heart is that I need that. And I'll give up everything, including my relationship with what Jesus gives me for it. This is how idolatry works. If the mind's eye has set you and I's affections on something that is not Christ, then we stumble into idolatry. You see, idolatry comes out of our affections. Your treasure in this life is your treasure because your heart is in them and your affections have been set on them. What do I mean by your affections have been set on them? They are what take up your time. This is a great test for what are my idols in my life? What takes up your time, your thinking, your planning, your sadness, your happiness, and your money? Are you investing in things that are transient, that are going to fade, that are going to end up in a landfill? Is your heart set on them? Or are you laying up treasures in heaven? These earthly treasures do go on, do not go on with you when you go. I love the example this has been used so many times. When someone dies, you don't have a massive U-Haul that's pulled right next to the gravesite with all their favorite things, right? You don't get to take a U-Haul with you when you go. They are fading. They don't go with you. So you can live life here on earth trying to suck every bit of the treasures out of this life. But in the end, it all fades. And we know this, guys, right? We know that, but we can't stop ourselves. I want to show you one beautiful section in scripture on this treasure and the heart dynamic here. Mark 12, 41 through 44. If you want to flip there real quick. Mark 12, 
Mark 12, 41 through 44. says and he sat down opposite the treasury that's jesus and watched the people putting money into the offering box many rich people put in large sums and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins which make a penny and he called his disciples to him and said to them truly i say to you this poor widow has put in more than all of those contributing to the offering box For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she has, out of her poverty, has put everything she has and all that she had to live on. You see, guys, if this whole time you've been thinking that I'm talking about money being good or bad, it's actually not what it's about. It's about your heart. That's why Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. It's not about money. Money's just the indicator of where your heart is. See, there's people that came up to this offering box, stroked a big check, and dropped it in and kept going. And Jesus doesn't pull the disciples over and says, You see that guy right there? He's about to drop five million dollars in the box. Watch. No, he doesn't do that. He says, Come here. And they're probably thinking, okay, what's going on, Jesus? Watch her. She like slowly moves up to the box, right? And takes these two small pennies out of her pocket and drops them in. And Jesus goes, Did you see it? Gosh, isn't that beautiful? She gave out of everything she had. It's about your heart. Where is your heart? Remember that where your heart is or where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Remember I said at the very beginning, we praise those who have abundance and live without any cares or needs in the world, right? The words have come out of my mouth before. When I look at someone and think about the vacations, the house, the things that they own, and I'm thinking, gosh, that would be nice. That'd be nice. I, yeah, they're going down to the beach house. I don't know which one. They have like three. It's nice. Again, it's about my heart. It's not about those things. That my heart is yearning after those things, thinking that that is where I'm going to find something of value. It's not there. Even if I had all those things, even if I had every single house, car, money, everything was covered, Jim Carrey's still right. I'm going to find out that it's not the answer. It's not. I love this quote um, from Matt Chandler. He says, I think we're going to be really surprised in heaven. There are going to be these people we've never heard of. Like we're all thinking that the person that gave the most 
or save the most is the most important. Billy Graham, he's going to be the one sitting at the left hand, right? Maybe, but maybe it's just some old boy from South Dakota he viewed every day of his life as a gift. And all he was given as given to him to steward for the kingdom. I guarantee it's going to be filled with very powerful men and women in heaven that we've never heard of. Who have never written a book. They've never spoken at some large conference. They're not pastors. They've never preached a sermon. And if you looked at them, they wouldn't look very impressive. But in the same way that Jesus pulled his disciples close and said, see that? all the heart it's about their heart the second we begin to serve money and possessions as a master we have left Jesus the cost of following Jesus is that money and possessions have to be held loosely we can't do this we have to do this with what we've been given The king has called us to follow him, to be a part of his kingdom. In his kingdom, all that we have has been given to us from him. And all of it is to be enjoyed and used for his kingdom. Notice how, again, I'm not saying that things are bad. What I'm saying is that they can easily take our hearts. So the cost is that you may not get to have the lavish life you would like. You may, but you may not. Or you may not get to drive the dream car or live in the dream house that you want. Because God hasn't called you to that. And that's okay. It's also okay to get your dream car and live in your house that you want to live in. Our treasure is in heaven, which means we hold loosely all the treasures we receive in this world. Because we know that they are fading and they're not eternal. The only thing eternal, I want you to look around this room. Look at your shoes, your watch, your phone, your clothes, even this building. One day it will all be gone. There is only one thing in this room that's eternal. And it's your soul. That is what Jesus cares about. He cares about where your heart is. He doesn't want to see you investing all of your heart in the money of this world, the possessions of this world, and to chase after them and not be able to follow Jesus. The cost to follow Jesus is to hold the things in this life loosely because he may call you to give them away for the kingdom. Some of you may have a picture of your life to come And all of the comforts that that life is hopefully going to give you. Here's the problem. God may not have that in mind for you. There could be someone in this room that God is going to call to live in rural Bulgaria. And you would be like the widow. Say, Lord, all I have. I give to you. Use me. Listen to Jesus. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven 
or treasures on earth, excuse me, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your heart is, or where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Where's your treasure tonight? And where's your heart? I hope we all see the beauty of the widow's story that gave out of everything she had. And Jesus is going, 